what we found, what are your comments. And they do incorporate their side of the story into the report. They didn't do that. So for me, it is too adversarial for comfort. The agreement between GNPC and Jensa, uh, which is the subject of uh, public interest, I think that it is important we, we understand it. Uh, some of the headlines uh, you read uh, are not factual, you know, and they do not help. When you have done analysis, so-called independent analysis, you need to put it against the facts. And the only way you can get the facts is to talk to the institutions that are involved. Otherwise, uh, it, it can be misleading, and uh, people will form an opinion on uh, misleading uh, statements. And this is why I am very happy that Parliament has shown interest in this. Our Parliament is a very responsive Parliament, and the Committee of Parliament, the, the Mines and Energy Committee, uh, has met uh, with GMPC and the Ministry of Energy, who provided all the answers they, they, they want for the questions uh, relating to the allegations that have been made by Imani and, and, and Asad. And uh, uh, we know that they are going to scrutinize uh, this agreement and the questions we have answered, the answers are going to be uh, put to test, and then in due course, the nation will be informed. Welcome back. He's still here on Newsfile, here on the Joy News Channel, also on Joy 99.7 FM. We are on myjoyonline.com and our various social media platforms. I have seen a number of your messages. We'll be going through them shortly, but it's a good time to start the second half and in terms of our discussion uh, on the GNPC Gensa deal. And we've heard Imani, we've heard ASEP on this, and we've been hearing from government. We've been hearing uh, Deputy Minister in Charge of Energy, uh, Mr. Amin Adam, they're disputing claims, some claims that has been made by the CSOs on this. And we know there's been some meetings also with the, the Mines and Energy Committee. They are here to meet Ghana Gas and then meet Gensa. They've met GMPC also. But let's um, kickstart the discussion. And this half, I still have Mr. John Jinapo with me, uh, the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee in the studios. Also via Zoom is Vice President Imani Africa, Mr. Bright Simmons. I also have the Executive Director, Africa Center for Energy Policy, Mr. Ben Boachi, also with us. And uh, welcome, uh, gentlemen, uh, to Newsfile. And it's a pleasure always uh, to have you. Let's test uh, the microphones and be sure we are ready. Um, uh, Mr. Simmons, how, I hope everything is well. Yes, I'm well, Emma. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ben Boachi, thank you um, also for joining us. Mr. Ben Boachi is there. Yes, I'm here. Okay, Thanks. great. So, uh, as always, we'll start this discussion with a, a presentation from Mr. Bright Simmons. As always, I know you have a thing or two to say about a thing or two. So, please, uh, you take it away. But whilst we all listen to Mr. Bright Simmons, as he takes us through uh, the few slides that he has, please listen with an open mind. And then while you do, if you have any concerns or any questions, please feel free, as always, to send us through all our social media platforms. Then once he's done with that 15 minutes presentation, then we can put the questions and then continue with the discussion. So, Mr. Wright Simmons, uh, take it away. Th thank you very much, Emepa, for uh, giving ASAP and Imani the opportunity to lay out these issues um, for that understanding of your audience. So if they will bear with me, I'm going to proceed to try and give us a little bit of context, then I'll delve into this issue of why we think um, this agreement between GMPC and Gensa will cost Ghana $1.5 billion, and why we think that the agreement is unconscionable, and what is the larger 
put uh, uh, context within which these discussions are having. So you will recall that many years ago, well, not that long ago, maybe five, six years ago, we had a big power crisis in this country. What many people do not know is that a big difference between then and now is that today Ghana has its own gas reserves and gas production. So in those days, we used to depend on gas that came from Nigeria through a pipeline. And when we didn't have gas, uh, we had to resort to the use of light crude oil or you know uh, petroleum. So essentially, the stuff that when we refine becomes petrol, we used to put it in the power plant to generate electricity. The important thing about gas is that it's cheaper because it burns faster. So instead of using light crude oil, if you use gas, you can actually have or even um, reduce your cost to maybe one third or two fifths or something like that. So gas is cheaper than using oil to produce uh, electricity. Of course, the cheapest will be in some, in most instances, uh, using uh, dams, hydroelectric dams. So large bodies of water that turns the turbines. But when it comes to thermal production, the use of fossil fuels, gas is cheaper than light crude oil. Now, so when you have gas, particularly gas that you don't have to spend dollars to buy, then the pressure on you as a country being able to address energy demand is lower. That is why now that we have domestic gas, we have less of a problem with doing so. I'm not saying it was the only issue. I'm saying it's a very important issue. So that gives you a context of what this whole natural gas discussion is about. Um, the next point is that the Ghana has about three sources of gas. All of it is outside our uh, land territory and in our seabed. So in essence, you have Chinebua, uh, Enira, uh, Ntomi, which is one gas field called 10. You have Jubilee, and then you have Sankofa. Sankofa gas is already dry, so we normally don't process it. And it comes by a pipeline on the land. That's the one that you can see right on the yellow, the yellow uh, dotted line. Then you have um, Jubilee and Tain gas, which is mixed with water. So we bring it to the shore. And we have some place called Abuaze Processing Plant, where Atuabo, sorry, Atuabo Processing Plant, where we dry that gas. And then we transport them by pipeline to various power plants and other consumers of the gas. So that's how our gas picture looks like. Three major gas fields, all in the sea. Uh, one source of gas has very little water, so we can use the gas almost as us. And another gas is filled with a bit of water. It comes mixed up with the oil. So we have to dry it. Once the gas is on the shore, so you can see that we have gas coming from Nigeria as one major source, also from overseas, and then three domestic sources. They land on what we normally call receiving facilities, and then you transport them in mainstream pipelines. And other uh, uh, buyers of the gas, or what we call off-takers, can connect smaller pipelines that we call laterals to come and take off some of that gas to distribute to endpoints. A lot of this infrastructure is owned by Ghana Gas. A lot of the pipelines you are looking at is owned by Ghana Gas. It spent about $1.6 billion of Ghana's money, government money, and some of it raised through loans and equity and, and things like that, to construct all these pipelines to get the gas from the sea, uh, send them to power plants around the country. And then we now have some buyers who are beginning to build their own pipelines to connect to the main trunk uh, pipelines so they can take some of the gas to their own facilities. In a, you know, an institutional environment which is functioning properly, um, there shouldn't be overlaps and uh, turf wars among the key parties. It should be very straightforward. GMPC owns some of the gas because Ghana, by virtue of the fact that this is in our territorial waters, have a, an automatic share in the gas. So we get a percentage of the gas as ours. Uh, on top of that, we also negotiated with the producers of the gas that as for gas, unlike oil, 
we needed almost all of it uh, at no cost, but that is a completely separate discussion. When the gas has been collected, GMPC also buys some of the gas, uh, particularly in the area of Sankofa, and very soon all of the other fields, and it becomes therefore the national aggregator. It buys, you know, the commercially responsible party for the gas that is produced offshore. GMPC, as I already mentioned to you, owns the pipeline infrastructure, and therefore it's more or less the distribution utility. We want BOST to do that, but BOST doesn't have enough money. So BOST is not playing that role effectively. So GNGC continues to be the main distribution for, uh, utility in Ghana. And when the gas, so basically GMPC gets some of the gas for free, buys some of it, passes it on to GNGC, uh, and then it's supposed to go to the power plants to use to produce electricity uh, in Ghana. Along the way, you have regulators who are supposed to watch in every level of it. So at the production point, that is essentially where the gas is being pro- produced. You have the Petroleum Commission, that is the main regulator. Then you get down to you know to the downstream where the gas is actually now being transformed into power. And there are two main regulators there. One of them is concerned about how you use the gas. So the power plants, the pipelines, all that infrastructure that allows you to utilize the gas. The other is concerned about the economic implications. So the pricing or the customer, the customer service, the quality of service. PURC is the one that's concerned about the economic factors, and then the technical factors are in the purview of the Energy Commission. This was a very broad context to give you an understanding of what we are talking about when we say natural gas, uh, etc. The other important part is that uh, this company called Gensa that we are going to introduce, it's one of the thermal power producers. I've already mentioned that we have some producers who use hydroelectric dams, Akusombo. They are not a thermal producer, power producer. We have some that use solar and, and other things like that. So these guys, there are about 15 major companies in Ghana that uses um, fossil fuels like crude oil or gas to produce power. Today, almost everyone uses uh, natural gas. This thing that we are talking about, this commodity that we are discussing on this show. Only AXA still uses HFO, but even AXA is building a pipeline so it can start to use uh, gas. Of these, there are two companies that are interesting. You see them at the bottom. One is called Jensa, the other is called Trojan. Unlike most of the other producers where when the power has been produced, they send it into the national grid, discharge it to Gridco, and then Gridco sends it to all of us. These particular players, they tend to put their power plants close to the customers, and the customers tend to be large customers. We call them embedded generation companies. So this Jensa company that we've been complaining about, ASAP and Imani have been complaining about, is one of the two main embedded generation companies in Ghana. Here is the issue that we are complaining about. We are arguing that the cost, or rather the price, of the gas that has been made to or offered to Gensa is atrocious. So in 2020, Gensa signed an agreement with GMPs, and in 2021, July, it um, amended that contract. In the first agreement, it was told, or rather it was offered, um, the opportunity to buy gas from GMPC at $2.79 per unit. Don't let the numbers and those things confuse you. It's pretty simple. Think of $2.79 as, you know, just $2.8, you know. So every unit of gas, let's think of the gas almost like a, you know, a, a barrel that you put in the gas. Uh, every, one, every one of those units costs $2.79. Then in 2021 July, 2021 July, as I said, they renegotiated to reduce the price if Jensa builds some pipelines that will enable distribution of the gas to some customers at yet unspecified. And they said if they did that, then the cost of the gas or the price of the gas to Gensa 
will go down to $1.72. That is the most important thing for the viewers to keep in mind. These prices of gas that, you know, Gensa is buying the gas at, $2.79 or $1.72. In order to put those numbers into context, this $2.79 or whatever, you can look at, okay, how do other producers of electricity who use gas in Ghana, how are they buying their gas? So the biggest producer of power in Ghana, as you know, is VRE. We've all known VRE for years. VRE buys gas at the price that the regulator in the economic segment that I mentioned to you earlier, PRC, sets it. So for, for most of the period that this contract between Jensen and GMPC has been operational, uh, VRE has been buying gas for around $6.08. So bear that number in mind because it's very important. And then how much is the cost of gas reflected in the cost of power eventually? Almost 60%. So when you look at the numbers, almost 60% of the cost of the power that we are receiving is the cost of gas. That means that when you set the price of gas, you affect the cost of power very dramatically. And that's a hugely important economic fact bear in mind. The other point to also notice is as I try to describe the infrastructure, uh, the institutional framework to you, I showed you the rules of each of the parties. Ghana uh, Petroleum Corporation, Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, GMPC, uh, is responsible for procuring the gas. GNGC is more responsible for distributing the gas, but it's also a wholesaler and on-seller. And even though GMPC sells directly to the power plants, traditionally GNGC was supposed to be a major wholesaler in between. And it buys gas from GNPC, and, and it's a state-owned company. And the price at which it buys gas, if you look at the, the, the volume and the value and you divide, you see that the price at which it buys gas from GNPC is about $5.4, because it's a major wholesaler, right, buying the middle. And that's also an important point to keep in mind. Keep in mind that even though I'm talking a lot of numbers, these are very simple numbers to bear in mind. You have a private company that has cut a deal to buy gas at about $2.79, we have state parties that are buying gas to on-sell or to use for production of power that are buying it at $6.08, $6.08 or $5.4. GMPC's own calculations, when he went to PRC, to try and convince PRC to increase how much is able to charge industry players, was that it costed around $7.9 in 2022 for each unit of gas. So that's an important point. The regulator looked at all those numbers and decided that as far as it was concerned, the fair price for gas in Ghana, if you want to buy gas, should be $5.9. So you want to buy gas and use it to produce power in your power plant, it's very simple. Go and buy the gas at $5.9, but that would be a reasonable price. Remember that that's still lower than what GMPC thinks should be a fair price for other or the most, uh, uh, its, its largest base of customers. Why is G GMPC uh, doing this. So what is the argument? And remember that, as you pointed out, there's been a parliamentary inquiry, and so we've heard the arguments that GMPC has made, uh, and we've also seen the letters that GMPC has written to the Energy Ministry justifying all of this uh, discrepancy. And it's a massive discrepancy. We are talking about gas that, you know, state-owned companies are buying, being discounted by almost 70% for a private uh, owner, a private operator, power plant operator, who produce much less. And normally, if you buy more, you get better discounts. So why is someone producing very little of our power getting so much discount? This is what they say. They said that, well, this is somehow a very major enabler of our industrialization. So it deserves something called the industrial development tariff, as opposed to the normal price, because it's helping us to industrialize as a country. That argument was made to the Energy Commission, which, remember, is the one that determines how gas is used. They have, they have expertise in the systems that produces power. So the power plants, the pipelines, etc. And GMP, uh, the Energy Commission listened carefully to these arguments and concluded that they didn't see anything unique about GENSA, for which reason it should get 
uh, charge for gas at any price lower than the average one that the PURC have announced, what is often called the weighted average cost of uh, the commodity or of gas, so WACOP. So that average price that the regulator said is about $6.08 at the time that we are having these discussions. And before that was even higher. Don't also forget that Jensa had already agreed with Ghana Gas to buy gas at $7.29 if he doesn't get this concession, or $6.5 if he gets this concession. And it was in order, in order for uh, Ghana Gas to sell the gas to Jensa at $6.5 that Ghana Gas wrote to Energy Commission so that Jensa could be classified as some kind of industrial sector enabler in Ghana, some company that is helping industrialization in Ghana. And the Energy Commission disagreed. This was in 2019. Soon thereafter, as I've mentioned to you, GMPC agrees to sell the gas at this massive discount to Jensa. Now, is it true that Jensa really is enabling Ghana's industrialization? You can simply look at what it uses the, the gas to achieve. When it produces the power, where does it go to? Is it going to factories that are doing manufacturing or to logistics hubs? or free trade, uh, free zones, export processing zones. No, the gas that Jensa gets, it uses to produce power that it sells to mines, mostly gold mines. These are rich companies and they are important companies, but they are not in the industrialization strata or spectrum of our development. They are, prime, they are in what we call primary extractives. They are the kind of producers that we are trying to convince to do more refining here. So if the power was being sent to refineries, gold refineries, bauxite refineries, and the rest of it, then you could make an argument that this is a, a company that is aiding industrialization. That is not the case. It's sending most, almost all the power to mines. These are its customers, its list of customers, uh, 14 major customers, mm -hmm. all of them uh, mining companies, almost all of them gold mining companies. These are rich companies. Should we be undercutting other producers of gas and discounting the price of gas massively so a private company can sell gas to rich gold mines when we already complain that we don't make enough from gold in Ghana. The other argument that they've made is that, oh, Jensa, unlike some other buyers of the gas, deserves a special treatment because it's built its own pipelines, whereas the others rely on national or public or state-owned pipelines. But that's also not really true because we have companies in this country who are also building pipelines to collect some of the gas to power their, uh, their plants, like AXA is building a pipeline Trojan is building a pipeline. Early Power is building a pipeline. These have gone through the regulatory process of getting Energy Commission approval to build pipelines. So there's nothing unique about um, Jensa building pipelines. Secondly, even if it's true that the pipeline issue was that important, the fact of the matter is that we have ways we price the contribution of pipelines to the overall uh, price, uh, cost builder. And that amount is an example of that would be how Ghana gas compares the cost of gathering gas, the cost of transmit, uh, processing the gas, and the cost of transmitting the gas through pipelines. So when we look at that, we get an idea of what will be a reasonable discount if because you are using your own pipeline, we want to give you a, a rebate. That's less than a dollar. So even if you, know, you didn't want to charge them the $6.08 because they're having their own pipeline, wanted to discount it, you shouldn't discount it below $5. Right? So to take it all the way down to $2.79, and then to say that if they build more pipelines, you take it down to $1.72, doesn't make any sense. The G GMPC argues that they will use some of the gas lines of Jensa for free. And they've used that as a very major argument consistently. But that's not true, because in the agreement that they signed in July 2021, they clearly say that they will charge something they are calling the gas compression charge. So it's not for free. They will charge GMPs for using those gas lines. Um, at the end of the day, though, the important point is that it's not as if Jensa has built its own pipeline to the sea. 
and is collecting the gas into its power plant and wants that cost to be offset. A lot of the gas comes from offshore in public-owned or state-funded pipelines. And then even the main trunk of pipelines are still state-funded. So the little you know, or the short distance that you know Jensen may collect the gas and travel over does not warrant these massive discounts. The other argument that I've been made is that, oh, Jensa actually pays his debt on time, and we are struggling to collect our money from the likes of VRE and others, obviously because of the under-recoveries we have in the power sector. But those arguments are also not true because Jensa actually does not pay his bills on time. We have evidence, as I've shown you, that Jensa is owing and has been owing GMPs for quite a while. So in 2021, at the end of 2021, payment outstanding to GMPs was about $4.6 million. This is money that Jensa had not paid at the end of the year. So they are getting their gas at a massively discounted price and they are still owing. Mm. On top of that, we also know that, you know, it had issues with Vitol and therefore they went to court and then the court had to issue an order against them for damages. And so it's not a customer that you can say based on their track record, they pay so well and for that reason to discount. But it's actually worse than everything I've said. It's worse because when you actually look at the data, so you look at this is GMPC accounting data, you find out that they are not even paying what they claim they are paying. So they said they are paying um, an industrial development tariff, which will be $4.2, and then they've got some discounts. And then if you use the contract as the basis for the discounts, it should be $2.79. When we actually look at the GMPC data, they are paying $1.114. One, one, uh, $1.114, right? So $1.11. That's actually how much they are paying. Now, that is shocking because it means that even after signing a contract with them, that would have made it possible for them to pay $2.79. In practice, GMPC on its own has decided to apply additional discounts. But what is dramatic is to look at what the other people pay. Look at what VRA pays, $6. Look at what Jintao, the Chinese company, pays, $6. And some of these companies, they pay in advance. They pay prepaid. So the government tends to owe them. Look at the two companies that are actually manufacturing ceramics and where we signed a special contract for them to resurrect the ceramics industry, and we give them the energy price discounts as an incentive to manufacture ceramics. They are paying $4.2. What is special about Jensa selling power to gold mines? That should warrant a discount that brings it down from the $6.08 that the biggest power producer, government-owned company, VRA, is paying to $1.14. And it's frightening. Even before the contract was signed, they were already getting the $1.14. This is January 2021 data from GNPC itself, showing that it's getting $1.114. VRA is paying $6.08. Um, Wankang, which is a ceramics company, is paying $4.20. These are companies that we have attracted to Ghana to give them free cheap energy, like we would do with the bauxite producers when it come to, uh, comes on board, because otherwise they can't refine bauxite. They are paying 4.2. Why is a company that is on selling power to gold mines Paying one dollar one point uh, eleven cents a unit of gas or MBTU, and the arrests have not stopped. They are building up. So I showed you arrests for the end of twenty twenty one. Now these are arrests for twenty twenty two half year. They are already in arrest by a significant amount, uh, nearly three point three million dollars half year. Oh, in short. When we said it's going to be $1.5 billion prospectively in terms of losses, when we look at what we should be charging Jensa versus what we are charging them, we've actually now confirmed, because remember, this is an ongoing investigation, 
that Ghana has already lost money. We've already lost money because we've been selling to them at $1.14 since 2020 onwards. And then from 2021 alone, if you take out, you know, the, the cost of the, the rebates and all of that, you factor all of them into it, mm -hmm. you know, so we are being generous and accepting that these pipelines, they have deserved a rebate. Okay. We still come up to about $34 million to $45 million, depending on which price you have been charged them, instead of the massively discounted one that has been charged them. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, extend that to the end of this year, you get to a $100 million loss. If you look at the amount of okay. gas Ghana has committed to give them in the contract, the 228 million MMBTU mm -hmm. over the lifetime of the contract, and okay. you multiply it by these losses, these per unit losses, you hit the $1.5 billion man. Mm. What is the broader context of this? Mr. IMF Simmons, if, if, I could, if I could come in briefly, Mr. Simmons, I, I, I would mm -hmm. wish that you wrap up on this. Then yes, the key questions, seconds. okay, so that the key questions that have come up, then we can wrap it up on that as well. Indeed, five seconds to wrap up. What is the broader context of this? We are in the IMF to try to get a $3 billion. A bigger, one of the biggest contributions to our debt buildup, our liability buildup, is this energy sector. Now, it's believed that we can hit $20.5 billion if we continue at this pace. Mm. How is it possible that a single contract GMPC signs with a single company, not one of the biggest companies in uh, energy production in our country, one that many people have not even heard of, can that single contract, single contract, cost the country $1.5 billion when this country is at the IMF trying to get a, a $3 billion loan? That's a simple question that we're asking. And we don't think Parliament has done itself um, too, you know, it's not covered itself in glory, at least some members of Parliament, by seeking to undermine a very critical issue that we've raised uh, in the civil society movement. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Bright Simmons. And um, I would bring in Mr. Ben Boache uh, with ASAP as well, and then uh, Mr. Ginapo, uh, Mines and Energy Committee. Um, these are key questions. There are a lot of questions that we're hoping uh, we can get answers to uh, before we wrap up the discussion on this. But let me take a quick break. When we come back, then we can um, get into this issue. with ease and enjoy my lifestyle without interruptions security i can make investments i can trust and i know exactly where my money is all the time having the flexibility to do what i want the feeling and peace of mind i get knowing i can safely receive remittances from my family and friends from the comfort of my home Money means safety. Money means so many things to so many people. But no matter what you use it for or what it may mean to you, money is the one thing that keeps us going and makes our lives a little bit brighter. So what does money mean to you? Just Momo it. MTN. Is your vision getting foggy, misty or cloudy? Are you having difficulty driving at night sometimes? These may all be signs that you are developing cataracts. Most cataracts happen because we are aging. The treatment for cataracts is always through surgery. And now you can have a modern faculty surgery done in Ghana. Simply 
visit the St. Thomas Eye Hospital and get a FACO and other laser treatments done. St. Thomas Eye Hospital has a surgical center at Mataheko Flamingo, an outpatient clinic on the Osu Oxford Street in Accra, and a new clinic at the Tema Evergreen Shopping Center. Call us on 024-675-8483 or 054-012-5450 for more. Welcome back and thanks for staying with us. So $1.5 billion, uh, this GENSA deal, and we've been hearing from government on this. I mean, Adam says the CSOs are misleading us on this. Uh, this financial loss to the state that we talk about could not really be the situation, but we fell short of giving us details, actually, on why uh, the CSOs could be wrong. But let me bring in Mr. Ben Wache, Executive Director of ASEP. I know these are questions I should be posing to government, but Mr. Jinapo is also here. Maybe um, they found out from GMPC and government they got the right answers. But Mr. Bwache, really, does it make business sense to sell gas at a little over $2 when the industry averages more than $6 from the presentation that we've just seen? Why is GENSA getting such, um, such windfall? Why is it happening? Yes, uh, MFA, thank you. But as we keep you know, uncovering, and as uh, Bright indicated, the actual price that they are paying is $1.1, mm-hmm. right? So okay. it Not means that by the time we're even done, we could be giving the gas for free. And I'll demonstrate that briefly, uh, that we are essentially giving the gas to GENSA for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so a bit of more context to the discussion that we are having. So uh, Bright indicated that we're buying the gas at an average price of you know, 6.08 at the time the contract was signed. But we do know that this gas is made up of other uh, expensive gas. So you have ENI gas, you know, costing at the time around $10. Uh, so you commingle that with Jubilee gas and then you bring it cheaper uh, to about 6.08. And even in that, it's our attempt to sacrifice royalty. So Ghana doesn't get royalty from um, our produ- uh, 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 OCTP field at this point. GMPC itself has sacrificed its current and participating interest to be able to achieve the 6.08. So Ghana is already making a huge loss by achieving the WACOC or the market price that we have uh, at the moment. But even beyond that, GMPC is still struggling to pay its bills uh, to the OCTP partners. So if you check what uh, uh, the natural gas clearing house uh, indicated recently, uh, Ghana government has been assigned since 2020 about $732 million of you know, uh, payment liabilities for them to pay to subsidize the gas that is coming from our fields. Uh, government, government has paid about $600 million, uh, already okay, uh, to support GMPC uh, on that. So we are creating a lot of waste uh, for Ghana government to absorb uh, in, the, in the energy sector. Mm. Just two weeks ago, ENI had to draw down uh, on our letters of credit to the tune of $180 uh, million because GMPC uh, couldn't pay. And that is why it baffles us that with this you know, horrific uh, you know, scenario, GMPC would decide to pick some of the gas and sell it or even this, uh, uh, give it out for, uh, for almost nothing. All right, so um, we saw the presentation that they made to Parliament where now they are trying to tell Parliament that the discount that they are giving is the 
discounted industrial development tariff. And what we have seen from the contract really shows that GMBC at this point is only trying to find ways they can explain away the discount that they are giving uh, to Genstar. Because the contract is clear, as was shown by Bright, that they were giving discount on the commodity. On the commodity means that they were giving discount on the 6.08 price that the market uh, uh, was offering at the time. And it shows in the definitions uh, that before they construct and commission their pipeline to uh, Kumase, mm-hmm. the discount is 3.29, right? And after they do that pipeline, then the discount comes to 4.36. If we grant that they're even using the industrial tariff, which is 4.20, as was approved recently by the ministry, if you apply that to the discount that is in the contract, that makes the gas uh, negative at the end of the pipeline to Kumasi. Because if you deduct 4.36 from the 4.20 industrial tariff, you are getting negative 1.16. Alright, so that tells you that clearly they lie to Parliament. And I, I would have wished that Parliament could interrogate you know, how the contract says they are giving a discount of 4.36 and they appear before a committee of Parliament and says that we are applying the industrial tariff which doesn't really reconcile uh, 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 with the numbers. But again, let me emphasize that, as Bright indicated, Gensa is into an, a competitive market where they are selling uh, power to mines, mm-hmm. just as PRA is generating and selling uh, to everybody else, including the mines. As we speak today, VRA has lost 40 megawatts of the market to Gensa because they can't compete. Uh, ECG has also lost 20 megawatts of the market because they can't compete. And Gensa is creeping in and grabbing all the uh, big markets because we have given the gas to them essentially uh, 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 for free on, on this. So what we are doing and the manner in which we are propping Gensa, we don't fight the entry of the private sector if they can make genuine you know, effort to take up market without being supported by the state against other entities or other mm-hmm. uh, players in the market. But the way we are, we are doing it, we are setting them up against the state institutions and they're going to kill them essentially because they are gradually taking all the big markets from them and the state sits there and complain about excess capacity. I mean, if you have taken 60 megawatts, it means that VRA has lost 60 megawatts. So whatever the IPPs are generating and they cannot sell to the mines, the state has to find money to pay. So those calculations, we have not even gone there yet. If we go there to then begin to analyze the full impact of all these uh, uh, subsidies. We run into several billions mm. uh, uh, Ghana, you know, at this point. So, and gradually they are building to Kumasi. They intend to build a pipeline all the way to the eastern region, uh, Kibi area, to also supply uh, the mines over there. And it's the state that is providing uh, all these subsidies. So, if you look at all that is happening in the space, it, it appears to me that we are actually developing a Trojan horse uh, to cannibalize all the state enterprises uh, in the energy sector in the long run. All right? mm. And that shouldn't be uh, patronized by in- independents like us, who are also interested in how the state agencies function. Even with all their difficulties, we have a responsibility to ensure that we do not add on to uh, uh, the pressures that they are facing by just... Uh, doing some of these transactions. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll come to, back to you on Zoom, Mr. Simonson. I, I was just trying to end. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to end on this to also state that if you go through the agreement, you also find that there are other several agreements 
that may exist <laughs> that we do not know. If you check the pricing that uh, Bright presented, where uh, it gets to 1.72, uh, uh, by the time they finish their construction of the pipeline to Kumasi, and you unpack that from the agreement, 1.2 of that 1.7 is actually going back to Jensa for a new processing plant that they are going to build. So mm-hmm. that reduces the commodity price to about uh, 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 0.57. All right? And that 0.57, we don't know how much Jubilee is selling the gas to GMPC. So just assume, because I know the Jubilee partners want about $2 for the gas after the foundation gas runs out. So if they sell it even $1, it means that GMPC is still going to make loss on the commodity of about uh, 50 pesos, uh, 50 cents mm. on just the commodity. And then Jensa processes it for free and gets the gas for free, and then we discount that. So by the time we finish unpacking this, the cost will be horrendous for us mm. to appreciate. Okay. Well, um, Mr. Janapo, the closest to a GMPC response that we have so far is from your, your committee. You got to meet GMPC on this because it, it doesn't make sense at this point. We, we're trying to understand how VRA and ECG will be inched out to a private company, for instance. What, what exactly is the reason for this uh, particular sweetheart deal from GMPC uh, to Jensa? And are you satisfied with the response that you got from GMPC on this particular deal? Uh, thank you, First of all, uh, let me commend uh, Brad Simmons and uh, my, my friend uh, from I recall when I was a minister, I used to have a lot of banter with them. <laughs> Today, uh, I'm on the other side, and I'm appreciating some of the work they do. When you're in government, sometimes you do not appreciate the work of the civil society organizations. That's why democracy is good. You step out of government, you observe, it gives you some thinking. And I'm convinced that next time we come into government, our engagement will be much, much different. Okay. So I appreciate the, the work that I do. Two, let me just clarify. Uh, right, I, I realize that you try to clarify again. The entire committee does not disagree with you. The fact that a member of the committee has stated something is not a true reflection of the position of the entire committee. Indeed, when this issue happened, I called Ben and sought to clarify some things with him. Then I called the chairman of our committee, Honorable Atachi. I respect him a lot. Told the chairman, this is beyond NDC MPP affair. Can we deal with it as a committee, as a fact-finding mission, and come to the conclusion? The chairman agreed. So the first point of call was to invite GMPC. GMPC appeared before us. Bright and Cole have spoken a lot. I'll try mm-hmm. not to go into the technicalities. Our gas, when you take the raw gas, you have to process it. Even the 10 fields, even though, like Bright said, it's much lighter, you do a little bit of processing. When you process then you give it to more of the power producers. So PRC has to ensure that when the gas lands, the price that you pay for is able to pay all those in the back chain. And there are three main elements to the price. The raw gas, the cost of processing the gas, Mm -hmm. and transportation. These three is what principally determines, even though there are some regulatory levels. Now we have three fields. Each field has a different price. So what you have to do is what you call the weighted average, like you do in finance work. So this is called WACOC. Weighted average of gas. MFS gas is 10 CD, mm-hmm. mine is 15, another person is 20. But based on the weights, you bring all together and get a tariff or price that if all of us pay this amount, we can pay everybody. Mm-hmm. That is the 6.08 PURC says 
should be the minimum. So why is so when you tell somebody to pay something lower, it means that there will be a shortfall. So government then has to step in and pay that shortfall. So the questions are two. Is it true that there's a discount? Mm -hmm. That is one. Secondly, why do you give a discount to that company? Ghana can decide I want to give a discount to the ceramics because I want to reduce importation of tiles. It's a strategic economic decision, not a finance decision. Mm -hmm. The economies go beyond finance. So the first question was, True. why was Jensen given the industrial tariff? That's what as a committee we want to deal with. And there's evidence that the economic management team directed Mr. Peter Mewu to write to Ghana Gas to give Jensa the industrial tariff, which is much lower than the PURC regulated tariff. That has been established. Okay. I mean, Jensa is a private company. I'm not after Jensa. If they get some good discounts, they want it. But GMPC and government must tell us what is so special that you would give that discount, first of all. You put them within the industrial tariff. We've seen some companies being put in industrial tariff. So why would you put this particular company within the industrial tariff bracket, which brings their cost low? Then I ask GMPC, you buy gas from the fields. If you put it together, this tariff you are giving to Jensa, will you be able to pay the partners? And if you are not able to pay, who pays for the difference? Mm -hmm. For me, that is critical. So why would Dr. Baumier's economic management team decide that they want to give those discounts? Ghana Gas is appearing before us on Monday. After that, Jensa will appear before us on Wednesday. I'm making an application, and I hope Bright and Co. will take it up to the chairman. That we should also listen to them. Because sometimes you learn a lot when you listen to all these sites. But, but I'm curious, in your preliminary meeting with the GNPC, these two key questions... Did they answer it? They said, it's government, Dr. Baumia's economic management team, that directed them. Mm. They wrote and they produced the letter signed by Peter Meu, saying that, look, give, put them in an industrial tariff. Mm. So it's now shifting to the, the government. Why would government decide that you should apply that industrial tariff? It's something that government must answer as far as we are concerned. Then the GMPC one itself, the calculation they gave was 4.2. Mm -hmm. As is it beyond the 2.79, they say that there's a transmission cost and another processing cost, which brings it to 4.2, which is still lower than the current 5.9. But I raised the Kumasi one too, and they said no, it's rather 5.9. So fine, give me the details, give me the breakdown of the 5.9. I will take which portion constitutes the commodity. Which portion constitutes the processing, and which portion constitutes the transmission? Then I'll put them in their various banks. They couldn't provide it there. So Chairman then directed that he's giving them up to Monday. They should submit the breakdown for me. And I also asked the question: Did you do an investment appraisal or an independent assessment? Because a company says that a pipeline will cost me X amount. What I would normally do is to do an investment appraisal to determine whether. It actually beats that cost. They said they did something. I said, I want that evidence. They couldn't provide it there. Chairman Ruda should be provided on Monday. Okay. Then I said, did you go to PPA for approval? Because in signing contracts in Ghana, a covered entity under the Petroleum 
Public Financial Management Act at 921. If it's a foreign entity, you come to parliament. If it's a domestic entity, you go to PPA. They said they will find that letter. Chairman ruled that that should be provided on Monday. And then I raised another issue about the receipts. Because under the um, PRMA, that is the Petroleum Revenue Management Act, Act 815, Section 3, when GNPC takes this raw money, and the act is clear that all revenues are accruing from the state's interest. The first point is to lodge the money in the petroleum holding fund before you even transfer equity contribution. That's as far as I'm concerned, they couldn't satisfy that. Chairman mm. has ruled that on Monday, all this should be supplied. So I'm clear in my mind what we are looking for as a committee and especially from the minority side. We, we are so clear. But you see, it's work in progress. Mm -hmm. And so Monday, Ghana Gas would also appear. Because Ghana Gas initially had the agreement with Jensa, April 2018, at a cost of $6.5 per MMBTU. 6.5. EMT under Dr. Bamiya decides that Ghana Gas should leave the scene. GMPC should come in. Mm. GMPC comes in. In GMPC's words, it goes to 4.2. So Ghana Gas is appearing. Why would you decide that that 20-year contract should move yeah, off. So and now this should, look, it's, 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 it's very, very so, murky, very complicated. Considering how murky, how serious, in fact, more serious than we thought the situation is, whilst the, the committee is looking at it, shouldn't we be suspending the deal whilst we finish all this investigation? You see, I cannot ask for a suspension of the deal. Mm. And bear in mind, these things come with cost implications. They just, government came in power. There was a waggle deal for gas. They said because of take or pay, they abrogated the contract. Waggle went to international court and won $70 million against Ghana. Mm. The same government then turned around and signed another LNG deal with Tema LNG with a take or pay clause. And the price is indexed to the price of crude oil. So we haven't listened to Ghana Gas. Mm -hmm. We are yet to even listen to Jensa. And I have a lot of questions for Jan. Okay. I think that we should give all of them a fair hearing. Look, I'm not biased. I am not against any company. I want the best for this country. And sometimes mm -hmm. when we are doing this, people tend to attack us and give all kinds of names. It's even a learning curve for us. Let's even assume nothing happened. Okay. I would have learned something from this whole thing in terms of how policy decisions are taken and all that. So let me make a point that I representing the minority side we are determined to get to the bottom of this matter in a very fair and transparent manner mm. and we have our issues we've we're clear in our minds the issues that we want to deal with okay. when we get all this information we would sit down and do the analysis not even just from the financial point but like benny said if you sell to vra at six and you sell to this person at four the cost differential who bears it, who it? if vra loses the mines because they are buying at six and company B is buying at four, and they are more competitive than VRA. There's another cost element to all of those issues. Mm. And so we would deal with all these issues, bearing in mind that even the foundation gas is finishing this, this, this year. Foundation gas was two million, or, two million or so. That one is free gas from Jubilee. From January, you have to start paying for that. So if you <laughs> sign a long-term contract and lock yourself in, what happens? Mm. They told me that they had indexed it. I said, give me that evidence. 
So we would get order, and that's how Parliament works. It appears you have like six documents you're expecting from GNPC <laughs> on Monday on this. Mr. Simmons, let me bring you in uh, on this. There are some who also say that could it also be that maybe GNPC and by extension government is just seeking to provide cheap energy uh, to these mining companies through GEMSA? Well, that's the point. So if you want to provide uh, cheap energy to the mines, what about cheap energy to the hospitals? What about mm. cheap energy to the factories? What about cheap energy to you and uh, at uh, multimedia, your station? What would what be the basis on which rich gold mines in a period where gold prices are going through the roof and they are making a significant amount of profits, what would be the, the, the national interest basis to single out mines and give them cheap energy? And make it contingent on buying only through one supplier. Because remember, there is nothing that says that if you are selling to mines, then this is the tariff. So therefore, everybody who can prove that they are selling to mines get a discount. For the mines to get this so-called discount, they must buy through a specific supplier, Jensa, right? So this is a sweetheart deal any way you look at it. I also want to remind the Honorable Jinapov that they are not getting at $4.2. They are getting at the $1.11. No, so that's no, no. a significant no, discount. You didn't get and, my point. Okay. Can you listen to me? Okay. I said when GMPC appeared, okay. they told us that the DIDT tariff mm -hmm. for landed gas is 4.2. That okay. 4.2 doesn't go to GMPC because okay. then you have to break it down into the various components. And I said, give me the details of that 4.2 so that I would tick which portion constitutes commodity which portion constitutes processing and which portion constitutes transportation or transmission. And that was then I will have a fair understanding of what is happening. So, so guess, it's within that context. Okay. Very good. Um, we just want to update the public that when you break down the accounting data, it's not as if they are paying to GNGC uh, some other amount, which then when you complement it with GNPC, you get to even a reasonable number. The data that we've seen suggest a massive discount which currently is in arrest so not only are they not you know paying the full price for the gas compared to what others are getting so if you remember the chart that i showed you and i think this is so important that uh, perhaps i need to show you again so it's kind of seared in your memory but when you look at that specific um, price point that uh, um i showed you mm -hmm. you will see that they had we have comparative numbers, right? And those comparative numbers gives you an idea of how the other producers uh, are being discriminated against. So this this particular slide, um, sorry about that. Okay. We'll this try. particular slide, you see that when you compare Jensa to VRE and to Jintao and to one kind of rest, if the if this price was broken down into the segments for processing, transmission, and the rest, then the others would have been too. You see what I mean? But you see that Jensa is paying $1.1, VR is paying $6, the two ceramic companies are paying 4.2. So this is comparative. So, so let's forget about anything else, all of them may be paying separately. We're just looking at the cost to what they are paying to GMPC, the cost of what they are paying to GMPC now. And we have the national, the biggest power producer in the country, state-owned VRA, paying this amount. We have three companies that are industrial companies, 
and in areas that we are trying to incentivize, like bauxite and the rest, which are high energy consuming, but also energy uh, uh, employment intensive, so creates a lot of jobs. On what basis is some companies selling to mines going to justify that they need a bigger discount than VRE, which is selling to hospitals, to the poor, to all the other social factors that we have in this country and which we need to take into account? I see that I see no reason on earth. It, you know, based on which you can justify that someone whose 14 customers are primarily gold mines deserves cheaper energy mm. than either industrial establishments or the national public utility who remember bear the social cost of having to sell energy to all of us who don't have money you understand my point mm -hmm. so that's the key point secondly it's not as if they're, they're, they are paying their debts on time they have huge arrest to GMPC as well so that brings to point uh, to, to, to it brings into question the notion that perhaps this is a highly mobile, agile private company that is faster than VRE uh, uh, and the others, and because of that, uh, some of these state-owned entities are unhappy that they are moving into their term. That would be an efficiency argument. If, for instance, it turns out that Jensa was very fast, agile, and quick, and things like that, you can make the argument that well, maybe these old. Uh, moribund state-owned entities are unhappy that you have a company that is private and very agile moving into their turf, and that's why they are fighting back. But that's not the case. This is a company that is struggling to pay its bills to, mm. to GMPC. You mm. see what I mean? Okay. So we have really great difficulties mm -hmm. mm. trying to come to terms with one, how any company that sells primarily to mines, and therefore that's nothing unique. Well, they get some cheap energy. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Well, but Mr. Wache, I don't know from what you know, but I must add that we've been, we made efforts uh, to reach GMPC and government for that matter on this particular issue uh, when it comes to the discussion here on Newsfile has been unsuccessful. The reason why we do not have any representative um, from government and GMPC to give us a further clarity on this. So we're relying on that investigation that is being done by the Mines and Energy Committee in Parliament to get some more information on this. But Mr. Benbaji, since you've been both working on this, let me find out if we know of any political risk analysis that was done for this particular deal. Hearing now that um, the blame is being shifted to the economic management team for this particular deal uh, to be arrived at. Um, well, that is not something we are aware of. Okay. And my suspicion is that, I mean, there isn't any serious document out there that really justifies all these discounts uh, that we're giving. Ordinarily, even the 4.2 that they are signing to Gensa, it cannot just be at the wish of the energy ministry. It should be informed by the proper industrial policy mm -hmm. of the country that defines that XYZ sectors can have cheaper gas, cheaper electricity, and then the energy ministry applies the industrial policy. They cannot on their own decide that tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, Gentile is an industrial company and we are giving a discount. A company XYZ can qualify, others can. That creates significant distortion in our governance structure. And that's why you have all these discounts fly, flying around and the, 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 the bill goes to the finance minister to pay. <laughs> all right, Because there is no coordination to really examine the cost of the discounts that we are giving and the ultimate impact on the fiscal situation uh, of our country. And so you still have even some ceramic companies who want the same discount. They cannot get it because it is at the will and wish of the energy minister to give that discount. So if there is no policy document, that ticks the box to say, if you are producing ceramic, you qualify. 
then it is really at the mercy of the minister to decide who uh, really gets uh, that kind of discount. And that is what we are seeing where a directive, we are told, is coming from the EMT mm -hmm. to segregate function between GMPC and Ghana Gas. And that directive says Ghana Gas will sell to industrial customers and uh, GMPC will sell to power uh, producers. All right. So if uh, GMPC is supposed to apply that industrial tariff by selling to industrial customers, and you think that GENSA is all of a sudden an industrial uh, business, why is you know, GMPC taking up that role you know, by selling gas to GENSA and not uh, 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 you know, GND. So mm -hmm. what you are trying to do is that you appreciate that it is a power company, but you don't want to apply the tariff that applies to power companies. Let me reinforce a, a point that I forgot to make, MFR, mm -hmm. and that is that it turns out that GENSA sells the power to the mining companies at 11 cents per kilowatt hour, and therefore it sells it at the same rate that VR and others will sell to them. The only difference, of course, that is embedded. Even though you're buying it for cheap or getting it for cheap, they sell at the same rate as VRA. Indeed. Indeed. I just got confirmation from the Chamber of Mines. So what that means, therefore, is that what we have is a pure state-enabled undercutting strategy. Somebody who has a lot of political connections is able to collect Ghana gas at a low price based on all these funny discounts and then go and compete with the state-owned enterprise who provides energy to the same end customers. Mm. Now, I, now, now, now I'm, I'm a, all the margin. Okay. Now I'm a bit curious than I was earlier. What really is special about Gensa? You both know the energy space, or the, all three of you know the energy space more than most of us do. Is that the practice such that we'll have the economic management team directing GMPC, Ghana Gas, to give a particular deal to a particular company, this time a private company, unless there's a particular interest in that company? What really is special about Gensa? There's only one thing that conceivably someone acting in good faith could have looked at. And that was that it was raising a very large amount of money in the private market to build pipelines, one of which could have helped the bauxite strategy that we have as a country, because they were willing to do that. But the problem is, uh, Ghana Gas has also raised money, and I have the asset sheet, the, what you call infrastructure, uh, uh, a balance sheet of, of Ghana Gas in front of me. They've also raised money, also in the debt and equity market, to build similar pipelines, okay. right? So it becomes difficult to, you know, even when you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, to understand. But the general argument mm -hmm. is that they have gone to the private market, mm -hmm. been able to invest in pipelines, and so therefore they've taken some of the burden of the government. But this has not materialized. This boss size strategy thing is very much in the future. Why are they getting discounts already? And they've been getting discounts even before they raised money to do this, and therefore before they were credible. Okay. Ben, you're, you're trying to give me an answer to that as well. Then I'll come to yes, Mr. Jinnapo. Let, let, let me shock you the more. Is it... The, the agreement that we have which discounts the gas, there are two phases. The first phase was to account for their investment from Pristia to Ninahini and the lateral line that they have in that enclave. So that is what GMPC was pricing at 2.79. The same infrastructure, Ghana Gas was pricing it at Waco. So if you check invoices that, you know, Gensa itself uh, produced uh, for the, the purchase of gas from Ghana Gas towards the end, of the, the transition to GMPC. They were selling at WACOG, right? So what that means is that it makes economic sense for Gensa to buy it at WACOG at the time. So why does GMPC all of a sudden decide that we can give a discount without any additional benefit?
But you're told where the directive is coming from. You, you've heard where the directive so, is coming from. Yeah, of course. Then we have to interrogate whether, you know, the ENT really understood the raft of this conversation before uh, they granted that kind of um, uh, subsidy. Okay. But beyond directing the roles, we know that a significant component rests with GMPC itself. All right. They, I mean, by that instruction, we don't have even the decision of the EMT, mm. but we do have a letter of GMPC and the ministry referencing that directive. But GMPC as a state institution is not supposed to be a student being directed to do anything. They have also, to were the ones who economic justification to the ministry, trying to justify. Yeah. Okay. So they have to so, produce economic justification for the entire rebate that they are getting on their gas because they are buying the gas at you know ten. Uh, uh, point three, and then others for free, and commingling it to achieve the market price. Let, let's, so bring in Mr. Let, let's bring in Mr. Jinapo on this. He has um, an intervention. I'll come to you, back to you on this uh, probe and whether it should be left to the Mines and Energy Committee alone. But really, you had an intervention. You see, my emphasis is on Ghana guys, DMPC, and government. Ujensa is a private entity. They are looking for business opportunities. So asking yourself, what due diligence? Mm -hmm. What are the issues that all these entities, state actors, knowing that they even interrelate with VRA and the rest, do before taking that decision? And I was talking about this letter, 21st August 2019, Industrial Development Tariff, IDT, of 6.5 MMBTU to Jensa. This was signed by Dr. Benasanti, where the minister, after Ghana Gas makes an application to the minister, Agrees that yes, give them an industrial tariff. When exactly was this letter? This 2019. 2019. Okay. Our reference yeah. industrial, we refer to the disputed gas sales. Is mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that what went into that decision by the government? Why would they take that? And that is key for me. Why would you, first of all, even decide that you want to put them on an industrial tariff based on what everybody is saying? And I said, that's one. Two is that why would state entities? Request of Jensa to build a 20-inch pipeline. When originally Jensa itself wanted to build 12-inch, they said, we want 12-inch. We'll buy our gas and give it to our customers. Then we decided that they should rather build a 20-inch. In lieu of a so-called bauxite mine that we intended building. Today, we are paying capacity charge for that pipeline when we are not utilizing it. What analysis did we do before requesting of Jensa to build a 20-inch pipeline. I was wondering they would have provided that analysis they to your committee. That's why we are bringing Ghana gas. No analysis. They couldn't. I am sitting here, they couldn't. So this is a serious issue. Is it part of the documents you are supposed to present? They are part of the six documents that I have requested. Hmm. And when uh, Ghana gas comes to, we have a lot of issues. And I think that after this, we should bring all of them, to, all of them together at one table. There are those who speak across purposes. Do you think we, we should leave clarity. all this probe of this particular issue to your committee? It is not left to the committee. Look at what Bright and Co are doing. They are conducting a lot of probe. And they are raising some new things today. I intend for At least you have oversight. To, so at least. To, to get that. But clearly, these are serious issues. Okay. These are very serious issues. These are grave issues. And we intend, a minority side, to pursue this matter to its logical conclusion. And when we finish this, I think that the report should be made available for everybody. And I would wish that uh, Brian Simon and his team, Ben and Co, would agree. That's if the chairman agrees. Because I make the application to the chairman, mm -hmm. and the chairman will rule, so that they appear before us. Mm -hmm. And then we capture everything 
and then we have a fair appreciation of what is happening. Okay. Well, um, Mr. Simmons and uh, Ben, in wrapping up on this, um, I know subsequently we'll be talking more about this particular issue, but uh, hearing what we've heard so far, at least from the Deputy Minister of Energy, we've heard from the Chairman of the Mines and Energy Committee, talking about it being early days yet, amongst others. Do you see or do you think that this particular probe into this particular issue uh, should be left to the Mines and Energy Committee or we should be calling for an independent probe amongst others. W what do you suggest? Let's start with you, Mr. Simmons. Uh, so, in fact, four quick points. One is that this is a seemingly complex and therefore boring subject and we are therefore going to have difficulty mobilizing public interest. Therefore, we are very um, thankful to yourself, multimedia, to this particular program, to newspapers like the Herald and others who, despite the lack of interest, have you know, attempted to shed light. We are thankful to the Honorable um, MP um, in your studio um, for the work that he's doing at the committee level to ensure that we have a dispassionate analysis of these matters. Third point, um, we are also going to continue the investigation because the more you, every time you uncover new evidence, it's more alarming than before. Um, and last point is that so far, GNPC and Gensa have not provided any rational basis on why a company that sells power at the same rate as anybody else sells power to the mines becomes an industrial enabler of Ghana and therefore is federal Ghana's industrialization, for which reason it might be given massive discounts, which eventually this country will have to find $1.5 billion to offset the shortfall in our finances created by this region. Not when we are at the INF and trying to get just $3 billion over three years. Mm. Independent probe, or it should be left to the committee? Again, we, we are grateful for the opportunity, and maybe to add to Bryce's point, we at this point have to call on every citizen to be part of this conversation. Because ultimately, we are going to pay. All right? So we are sacrificing roads, hospitals, schools for this kind of waste that people are generating in the energy sector. All right? Half year 2022, we had already done $1.4 billion of debt in the energy sector. And the gas is a key component of this debt that is being generated. And the Ministry of Finance is sacrificing everything for this waste because they want to keep the light on, to tell the light is on, right? But we have to investigate, we have to pay attention and be interested to ensure that we can cut this waste and redirect the investment into social good. Otherwise, I mean, we cannot have what we want to have from government as a people. Um, so we can't leave that only to the committee. We will perhaps have to support them with some of the information that we need. And I think I'll be working with Bright on this to see if we can send specific questions that we want clarification from the yeah. state agents uh, on this so that all of us can follow through to make sure that Ghana uh, is saved from this uh, uh, unwarranted mess. We cannot have this hand on our neck. We have to have a competitive environment for everybody. If it's a private business, want to do genuine business, it must be able to compete fairly with state you know, agencies. You cannot cannibalize you know, state institutions just because somebody has access uh, to political okay. structures. And, I mean, the state agencies can only fold their arms and watch. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Great. We are grateful uh, for your time. I'll give you, I'll, I'll come to you shortly, but let me do a few messages. Mr. Bright Simmons and uh, Ben Boachi, Mr. Bright Simmons is Vice President Imani Africa, and then also Ben Boachi is Executive Director for ASEP. We're grateful. This is not the last we're going to hear of this issue. We'll definitely uh, continue to track it, especially when the Mines and Energy Committee will be meeting um, Ghana Gas and Gensa, amongst others, on this issue. And uh, I'll tell you,
you uh, that today is also International Day of the Older Person, and there's some statistics that we're getting from the Ghana Statistical Service revealing that the older elderly population, uh, 60 years and older, has increased almost 10 times in the past six decades, from a little over 200,000 um, in 1960 to almost 2 million uh, in 2021. The older population comprises 43.3% uh, males and 56.7% females. The report further indicates that uh, 341,960 elderly persons are in ice streams. We know about this uh, public lecture that was held on Friday and um, we had the likes of Reverend Dr. Joyce Ai Esther Koba, uh, Mrs. Olivia Ducci and Professor Ifwa Hesse. Many thanks for that. And this particular lecture will be bringing you subsequently on the Joy News channel. But some of your messages. This one from Mama says it's fair enough if normal citizens disgustingly refer to us ordinary Ghanaians complain about hardship. However, any politician who wants to make capital of our hardship is an unprincipled opportunist lying in wait to come and milk uh, us drier. Zelia is also saying, I don't understand why it appears we are in the cities. We in the cities are more concerned about the Galamsee than the people in the mining communities, <laughs> which are mostly villages. There's a disconnect in the narrative about Galamsee. Until we involve the locals in this fight, we are losing it. Little Tete says government provides insufficient info on how it is actually spending public money during the year. Roy King and some of the messages. Many thanks for sending them in, Mr. Dinapo. Um, and we're time is time. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. He's a ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee. That's it for today's edition of News File. A speedy recovery to you, Samson Ladia Nyenene. I am MFA Apau. We have the midday news live on Joy. Have a good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining me. Everywhere.